If you're like me, you probably have a closet full of local band merch. And whether you know it or not, a lot of that band merch is probably made by Divine Shirt Company right here in Winnipeg. Divine Shirt Company has made all of the Great Witch Police merch from our hoodies to our toques to our t-shirts. And if you're looking to get anything done, like screen printing, embroidery, graphic design, digital printing, go to see Divine Shirt Company at divineshirtcompany.ca and tell them which police radio sent you. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? All right, welcome to Witch Please Radio. I'm here with a guest who is, uh, I think that you've actually been one of the most recommended guests, and I just haven't reached out to you before. I mean, I often ask people who listen to the podcast who they want to hear locally, and your name has definitely come up a lot. And I think that part of it, too, is that you've been in so many projects over the years in Winnipeg that people know you from sort of all different um, all different types of sounds and, and aspects of the local music scene. But I think before we get into any of that, the best way to start this off is if you want to introduce yourself and just give a quick background on what it is you do as an artist some people might know me as begonia uh some people may know me as my christian name alexa dirks depends who you are really but begonia is my main musical project at the moment but i've been touring for 15 years been a part of a lot of different bands in the winnipeg scene played at a lot of bars in the winnipeg sphere (laughs) back in the day and yeah uh, what can I say? I'm a pop artist. Yeah, that's, sure. that's my, my vibe. <laughs> sure. And I think that Begonia, I mean, this current uh, persona you have and this 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 project has probably been your most uh, widely known and widely successful one. Um, it seems anyway. I mean, it seems like every time I hear about anything Manitoba music related, like you know, your name is up there on, on lists or at shows or, you know, so you're definitely getting um, attention, which is I'm sure is lovely to, <laughs> to receive. Oh, gosh. The, su- the support from Winnipeg has been amazing and truly makes me feel like such a star. And then I go to some other places in the U.S. and I'm like, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> but it's like Winnipeg r- like raises me. Am I allowed to swear? You can say whatever you like. Yep. Okay. Winnipeg raises me the fuck up. And I feel so loved by the community here. And I, and I mean, in turn, I love them back. I still live here. I want to be a part of this community. So the fact that I've been so supported is like something I definitely don't take for granted. For sure. For sure. And, and you just put out a, a new record in, in February. And um, I was kind of looking back on, on some of your stuff on Bandcamp and when the singles were released and things like that. And, and you kind of, this, this happened right when the pandemic was sort of in, in full swing. I know your previous album was, uh, you know, sort of right before everything, everything went crazy, the world went crazy. And then you had this new one that, that must've been recorded and, and worked on sort of during that, that time. And I, I'm sure you don't want to talk about the pandemic. I'm sick of talking about it, but that's got to have an effect on, on just making the work in general. Right. I mean, yeah, being and it's, immersed hard, in it's, hard to, it's hard to avoid it. And I feel the same way as you, where it's like every time I think of bringing it up because it is part of the story, it kind of feels like, okay, nobody wants to hear about this. Cause it's because also we were all collectively traumatized by that time. And I understand, but it, 
but like it or not, like it is part of the story of this album. And I mean, when the pandemic lockdowns first started, I was kind of shocked, like off the road, like just this hard stop and then forced to be home as everyone else was. But I just absolutely was not mentally prepared for what I would be uh, going through in that time. And I wasn't creative at first at all. Like, there a lot of the songs on this album I had started before the pandemic was even a thing yeah. just casually. It wasn't like I had a concept for this album kind of like scratched out. It was like, okay. Um, I was just writing songs with my pals, with my co-writers, Matt Schellenberg and Matt Peters, dead men. Um, we were just writing songs and then the pandemic lockdown hit and I just really had to deal with some mental health stuff. And maybe about a year in is when I started feeling like, okay, I think I have something. I think I want to work on something. And and it kind of came together in a way there wasn't a lot of pressure attached. It was like, I don't even know when I'm going to tour this. I don't even know if this is an album. And then it was like one foot in front of the other. It's like every time I took a step forward or like wrote another song or made another decision, then the path just continually like revealed itself, if that makes sense. It does make sense. So that's yeah. how this album felt. And then when like it was just by feel mostly it's like okay i feel like these are the songs i feel like this album is done okay now i have to come up with a name like it wasn't like this huge thought out or or, or like pre-planned process really well and the reason i'm kind of interested in, in your take on this is because i mean i've talked to obviously a lot of people who have had similar issues that the tourings had to be canceled abruptly and you know all their plans as creative people have just been kind of gone down the toilet for for two years and and change Uh, but i mean you know if i'm talking to say a metal band or 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 someone that has music that is more not not aggressive the word but it seems like more a, a way to um like pop has maybe the stigma of being um an escapism right i mean it's it's, it's, it's yeah. this happy thing that you want to listen to to sort of uh get out of uh, what real life is and meanwhile you're making this kind of music during this time when everything is everything sucks was it more difficult <laughs> for you than maybe it would have been for someone who can can get that kind of catharsis from from, from bashing into a, a drum set yeah or i mean i do feel like i bash into things in my own way like the the kind of like pop music that i write is definite. I mean, on this album, there were some lighter tones that came out of me that I definitely was not expecting, and maybe it was a defense mechanism or some sort of escape. I don't. I don't even know. But like, I'm not really the person that's writing like "Happy Love is the Happiest Thing" like all the time. Yeah, that's. But fair, then on yeah. this last album, there were a couple songs that it was like "Happy Love is Cool" and like "Friendship is Cool," and I just had never. I had never really allowed myself to fully explore those things because I was like, I'm not a pop star like that and then I got over myself is what I feel like I just was writing these songs and I was like well this is clearly a part of me and if I'm trying to be an authentic bitch and like show people if I'm trying to be authentic and practicing what I'm fucking preaching then this is on the record and this is just as much a part of me as screaming into the ether on fear like it's all it's all coming from the same body so yeah yeah and that's that's another thing that's come up a lot on the show too is the idea that I, I this is my impression anyway, that, that people in Winnipeg and Manitoba, maybe maybe more in other places, I'm not sure, but have this really strong bullshit detector. And I think audiences, they want something that's authentic and they can tell right away if someone is is not being themselves on a record or in a live yeah. show. Yeah, I feel that definitely where it kind of, the like it does, uh, 
the music community, it's like, there's not a lot of fluff in it in that no. way. It's like people are doing their thing and they're doing it wholeheartedly and they're doing it because they can't picture themselves doing it at anything else. And, it, the, and people here aren't doing it. Well, I mean, whatever, that's such a broad stroke, but like a lot of people that I know aren't doing it for the money, for the fame, they're doing it because they're artists yeah. and they can't see themselves doing anything else. So, well, they can't turn it off, right? It I love comes it. out regardless of whether they want to or not they're going to make they're well, going to make exactly art, yeah. totally and it's true people are smart like people feel that people hear if you're trying to sell them shit and yep. that's why social media is so hard for me sometimes because i feel like i want to be a part of it and there are times where i can engage and it can be really fun for me and then there are other times where it's like fuck everyone knows i'm just trying to sell something right now and i don't want to fucking do this <laughs> like there's just like it's such a double-edged sword of like being in the industry in that way well, and that's, I mean, you also, you have a very visual um, aspect of what you do as well. So that's got to be even harder is, is knowing that you have, I mean, you have, you have bright colors and you have lots of videos and you have, I mean, it, not everyone who who, is, who makes music has that that strong of a visual presence. So that's got to be even more of a challenge for you to, to, to maintain that um, when you don't necessarily want to be doing well, that. Well, yeah. And with that, that's more fun for me. The The visual aspect is so fun for me. And that brings me so much life. And like growing up being in bands for so long and then doing this solo project, which like, yeah, I'm in all the pictures, but I don't do this alone. Like there's so many people that go into making everything possible and collaborating in that sense with mostly Winnipeg people Yeah, is such a way to find your freaks like kind of and make a new band for the day like you do a video shoot you do a photo shoot you're in a band for the day like you're you're collaborating and you're making this piece of art together that brings me so much life that's the shit i love it's the then figuring out how to market it after that is so fucking annoying and then everything that you do distilled into this little and it's like oh but there it's again there are some days where i wake up and i'm like oh yeah i know what i want to do and i love being on the internet and it brings me life and then there are not most days but like it's probably like a 60 40 70 30 like not into it but like i wake up and i'm just like fuck this shit no one wants to hear me go, hey guys, like one more time in front of the camera. Like, Thought I could never get higher, but I haven't looked to the sky in a long time. I threw my phone in the fire so I could see the world through both of my own eyes. Press, but I'm actually not Cause you ain't on my mind no more I can tell you that for sure Shut it down and close the door And I'm not lying Remember when you went away Thought I'd never be the same And now I'm smiling every day And I'm not dying Crossing your name out from every journal i've ever had in my possession was never quite myself when we were together and every day since i've learned lessons you so self-assured i can't fault anyone taking a chance letting you in took a minute to get here now i finally forgive it because you ain't on my mind no more i can tell you that for sure 
Okay, with, with that in mind then, how do you, I mean, how do you get past that? Because you kind of, unfortunately, that's part of it now, right? No one can just be oh, making yeah. music. You have to be your your own uh, publicist and be, because you're interacting with everyone sort of 24-7 on social media. And like you mentioned at the beginning, um, you know, people in Winnipeg have have a, a good familiarity with you and they, they, they've known your work for, for years. But like you're going to the States shortly and... Yeah you have to kind of probably reintroduce yourself or introduce yourself for the first time to a lot of those audiences. So is there a challenge in that, in sort of trying to put forward sort of who you are and what you are in these little clips and little short blurbs to new audiences? Yeah, and I mean, for better or for worse, I don't overthink my shit when I put stuff online. And I think maybe that's sometimes what gets me caught up is that I sit there all day being like, oh, I really should do this or should do that. And then I end up just going on being like, like I just say whatever and that's just who I am like it's it's hard for me to be overly curated in that way so for better or for worse that's just the way it is for me and I mean yeah the the compromise of like doing like always advertising myself (laughs) I don't know I don't know what I'm trying to say it's hard and and breaking into the U.S. market it's like in Canada I feel like yeah I feel like it's my home and I feel like I have so many friends like fans friends like people that are just like rooting for me and then I cross the border and there's a like I have good people rooting for me but it is just not the same and so it's trying to figure out ways to do to do the marketing part but then still feel authentic to myself that's what I'm always juggling that's the struggle right is is balancing that out yeah and I guess like you haven't had a chance to probably see a lot of these people in the U.S. for a while because shows I mean only recently started happening again well, for sure. The first, well, I went, I started uh, a year ago. So then basically it's just like revisiting these places that I was supposed to be going in 2019 and hoping the people that said they care still care <laughs> and just showing up. And, and regardless of who shows up, I have a great band with me right now and a great, like just crew of people that are so uh, talented and community oriented and, and not toxically positive, but positive. Like 
in a way that it helps me through. It's like we're our own little team. So I feel like that goes a long way for me. Morale and like that kind of stuff. It's like the tour part is so interesting because the show is such a big part of it emotionally, but in terms of just your time, it is a small blip on the radar of, of how you're filling your time. Like you're, professional time fillers. I feel like the guys were saying something like that on this last tour were professional time wasters or time fillers. Cause it's like, you have all this time where you're just like waiting to play the show where you're in the hotel room and it's a mental game of like not sitting there and let my, and letting my little imposter syndrome person hamster in my head be like, you're a loser. <laughs> what are you doing here? You dumb bitch. Like it's that kind of, that kind of shit that I have to fight with. So that's why it's so important that one myself one a person surrounds themselves with good people that they love because yeah the mental game of of all of this is real yeah i, I can't i can't imagine especially you know th- th- when you're going into to new areas like i mean you're going into the states where you don't necessarily have the same sort of network you built up over the years of touring like you would have in canada or yeah. especially locally yeah and i'm always impressed when people show up and are singing the words to me it's just like I, like I feel like I'm pleasantly surprised in like different markets, but it's like, yeah, you'll we'll go to some places and there'll be a hundred plus people there and we'll go to other places and there'll maybe be like 10 plus people there. And you just have to play the same show that you would either way. So then it's between you and yourself and you and your people on stage. Cause I don't want to get off stage and, and feel like I am not living up to my, the best of my ability, like not, like that doesn't feel good for me. Yeah. Especially with all the time that you're not on stage. As if you want to show up and just because there's 10 people there, you're going to go on stage and be like, I don't fucking care. Like you all, yeah. That's where the mental game comes in. <laughs> that, that, that makes sense. That makes sense for sure. With, with, I know this album's been out for a few months now, but um, you know, the, the previous one got so much acclaim. I mean, it, it really, you really got a lot of uh, positive attention from it uh, in terms of you know award nominations and, and, and it was in a lot of top 10 lists and things like that. Was there any pressure on you with this one to thinking like, oh, this is what happened last time. How do I kind of, uh, you know, match that or, or beat that? Yeah, I was definitely thinking about that. Not not in a way that it affected what I was writing, but in a way that when it was done, I was just like, oh, fuck. Is there a song like this on this record? Is there a mo- is there going to be a moment like this on this record, too? Or like the things that these people said that they liked, are they going to relate to it the same way? But at I had to let a lot of that go because it was like, well, I'm not going to change anything and I'm not going to sit here and try. Like I knew that I made something that was truthful and authentic to me. So the anxiety that I had that I normally have was different on this record cycle than it was for the last one. Yeah. There were different expectations. Like, am I, gonna be given a good review on exclaim or like are people gonna talk about it but at the same time like with the last record i was so terrified that i was fucking everything up and i had no reference point for it's all gonna be okay because i had never done it before and with this one it it was like okay it's gonna be okay i've done this before i can sleep at night i don't have to wake up in a cold sweat being like did i send the right email like it's like, okay, I've, I've done that before and maybe I sent the right email, maybe I sent the wrong email, but like we can be okay. And I had more of a reference point. So yeah, the, you feel the pressure, but I knew that I made something that I was proud of. So I was kind of like, 
fuck the haters for lack yeah. of a better friend. <laughs> well, and I guess once once you've made it too, and once you've released it and it's out there, it's you have no control over it at that point, right? It's already your that's hands. it, and and that's the beauty and the pain of it. It's like that's what's so cool about making music and putting it out there is that you think you know what a song is about, and you then hear someone else's interpretation, and it's like so can be so profound and beautiful, and it had nothing to do with the intention that you had when you wrote it, but it's still valid it's it's just so cool to me when other people hear it and then you kind of like then i then i kind of start to listen to songs differently once they're out there too like songs that i wrote and then i perform them and like a song like juniper that was the first song that ever really got on the radio for me yeah was a song that i thought i understood how it felt and then i started performing it and people really gravitated towards that song and it started to feel entirely different and i still perform it now and it's still a song that wherever I go people are singing along like any city like be it the small crowds or the big crowds and it baffles my mind like you you can't predict how things like that are gonna turn out and I don't want to be that artist that's like this is exactly how you should feel when you listen to this it's like the beauty of it is letting it loose and you feel however you feel Well, and I guess you can get different interpretations on your own work, which is kind of interesting based on how other people, the feedback you get from other people and how it affected them and, and what they thought it was about and all of that. Absolutely. And it's fascinating. I'm always fascinated by that stuff. No use in cutting me loose yet I beg you Don't leave me behind Some faces you must forget But baby Please not mind On a cold Stop the car, got out while it was running. 
One of the things that uh, I found inter- interesting is I've, I've, I tend to hoard local music. Like, I have way too many local albums, and I, I grab them whenever I can at, you know, thrift stores or whatever. We love you for it. And <laughs> I've been going through them alphabetically, which is, I started in January, and I'm, like, only on... O or something now like it's, it's taken forever every day I'm listening to it. But, but you've come up on so many different albums uh, just just I mean like random the, the Shikamin and uh, New Lightweights and just various things that I keep I keep seeing you appear on it's like oh yeah right but a lot of that stuff um, is very stylistically different like you know it's definitely more more rootsy more kind of uh, obviously folk inspired has the pop thing always been there for you and this is just sort of you finally letting it out or yeah I've always loved pop music and there have been times in my life where I've been too cool to admit it or times in my life where it just I didn't really have an outlet for it in terms of writing or like the, the thing with a band like the New Lightweights or, or Shit Gemin, like two totally different projects with the New Lightweights. Yeah. We did so many covers and we would write songs together, Ariel and I, and then we would both bring our own kind of like. Uh, perspectives and then that would come together and form something completely different with Shik Emin. It was the same thing Except with, with Shik Emin uh, because there were so many writers in the group uh, and so many singers in the group, I would be writing maybe like 10 songs to bring to the group, but maybe two would get on a record. So then I would just have all of these songs kind of in a basket in my basement, kind of waiting for whenever their day in the sun would be. So a lot of the first stuff that I did as begonia like i feel like maybe one or two of the songs was like just something i i found in an old basket in the basement yeah. <laughs> like like it was just stuff that i would dig through and be like oh yeah this is a part of me okay now w- what am i trying to say and i didn't necessarily like set out when starting this project to be a pop artist but then it was just like as i kept writing it's like this is where this is going and this is fun and I want to indulge in this. Yeah. It, it felt like an indulgence at first and now it just feels like me. So. Well, that's what you want, right? You, you want to have that yeah. feeling of, of honesty and, and genuineness to yourself for sure. Do you think that at this point, you know, you've got what, what, two albums and an EP out now as Begonia. Do you, do you feel like you've sort of honed what the Begonia sound is? Like, is it, has it achieved its final form? I don't know. I feel like it's achieved the form that it is now, definitely. And I feel like it's evolved like from the EP to Powder Blue, it's like from Lady in Mind to Powder Blue. Yeah. It's definitely, I see the through line and it feels evolved to me. But who the fuck knows? I keep thinking like when I'm 40, maybe I'll make a record, just me and a guitar or something. I don't know. Like I, there's so many different ways that I write songs alone too. And then it, it changes when I get with kind of the collaborators that I write with and I don't really have like hard and fast rules when it comes to that kind of stuff. And for me, it's like my voice is the through line. I'm the through line. So if people are on this journey with me, then hopefully they'll be down with wherever it takes me next. And I don't even know where that is. Right. So there's something that's going to appeal to them, obviously, because they've listened to you for this long now and uh, they're still with you. Right. So, yeah, you would hope so. You would hope so. (laughs) But who knows? I mean, I yeah. who, Who the fuck knows? I do not know what like genre pool I would dip in. But I do, I do feel like to be fair, I, I have refined my opinion a lot, like in the studio and stuff. And that's something that takes so much time just to be like uh, decisive yeah, or to know kind of, cause that is such a, the art of making music is like 
having opinions <laughs> and, and the art of collaborating and making music is just like having opinions and being firm in them. And I feel like I've gotten far better at just being confident in my opinions. So then in turn, I'm sure that that has narrowed the sound or like evolved the sound as well. Do you ever listen to the older stuff and think, um, you know, Oh, if I, if I had been stronger in this opinion, this maybe would have sounded like this, or I, w- I wish I had done it. Or are you happy to sort of leave that as this is how it was. This is how it was released. Yeah, I don't go back often. I I don't go back often, honestly. But if I think about it, there's some songs that I'm like, I never would have put that out. <laughs> <laughs> but there's some clothes that I look at and I'm like, I never would have worn that. But it's like, that's fashion. That's music. It's like, it's meant to change and evolve as you do as a person. I believe that. So I I wouldn't, I'm sure I, I've evolved even in my thinking of, about life since I... yeah wrote those songs like and and i just i welcome that and i remember at first before i put out the lady in mind ep i was just like oh we can't do it yet because it's not perfect it's not like exactly how i know i want to sound but i didn't really know what that was yet but i just would talk to so many of my artist friends as well and it's like okay well i think about some of my favorite artists and i go back in their catalog and i'm not like embarrassed for them that they put out their first album and maybe it wasn't the most refined thing that they ever made. It's like so fun to look back on people's journeys. And I hope that that's what people can see with me is that I have definitely been on a journey. I like to walk the long way home in silence to hear the dead leaves roll along the highway. Clicking like high heels on the concrete ground Some kind of memory is trapped inside that sound Chasing every sunrise In the backseat of cars Hold my body a little too tight To where the last one's in the bar Down the fields when we first met, tried not to reveal them, but they came out in every word I said. Then out in the country, when I let my guard down, I could tell you were happy, but I also knew something else that you.
Um, this is a really cheesy segue, but how can people find uh, here the latest step of your journey? Uh, <laughs> you know, obviously the way people consume music is it, we're in this weird dystopian future where there's no sort of one format that people listen to music. I mean, people there's, you have people like me who refuse to get rid of physical stuff. You have people who are mm-hmm. on all the various streaming services. There's there's so many options. What's the best mm-hmm. way for someone to find out? Um, well, to check out your latest stuff and and go back if they feel like it. I mean, uh, it's it's online everywhere. I mean, Bandcamp's a great place to do the artists. It's the best way to support yeah. artists in, in the sense where when you buy stuff, uh, they don't take an exorbitant cut. And so that's a thing. So if you want to get the physical stuff, like go to my website, go to Bandcamp. That's kind of the way to do it. But I mean, yeah, my stuff's on every streaming service, I'm pretty sure. And if it's not, just send me a DM because then I don't want to <laughs> <laughs> right on. And then the good thing about this being a podcast is, I mean, you know, when we're talking right now, you're about to go on tour in the States. Um, but someone could hear this a year from now. And by then, you know, who knows where you'll be? You could have more music. Like, you know, nobody knows. Right. So what's the best yeah. way to sort of keep up on what you're doing? Is it the website or or like you mentioned earlier, social uh, media? We- website is like good just to see the tour dates. But social media, I'm probably the most active on Instagram right now. Instagram and TikTok is where I and the most active, I'm so bad at Twitter. And I mean, Twitter feels like a burning pile of garbage anyways. It kind of does, yeah. And, <laughs> and I mean, I still keep up on Facebook for all you Facebookers, but that's just not where I hang. That's not where I'm, I, cr- I cross post there, but I'm mostly on Instagram and uh, TikTok. Awesome. French coat, blue heels. Yeah, I got my hair done I'm ready to tell the world you're the one Red eye, alright Half moon over Vegas Tonight When I'm with you I can fly Stoners, but I live this life over and over just to get the chance to hold your hand a thousand times. Standing at the steeple, acting like a couple stupid people. Never thought I'd do something like this in my whole life. Getting married by. 